Hello, ako si Judas Cavilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Raffler Podcast episode kung saan hihimayin natin ang mga mayinit at mahalagang isyo sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Raffler's Newsbreak, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, pag-uusapan natin kung kamusta na ang vaccine rollout sa bansa. Halos sa isang taon na rin simula na mag-umpisa ang pagbabakuna sa mga Pilipino laban sa coronavirus. Ngunit marami pa rin rehiyon ang hirap na maabot ang kanilang vaccination target. Saan nagkukulang ang gobyerno sa pag-rollout ng vaccines? Ano ang posibleng epekto nito sa laban ng bansa laban sa COVID-19? Tatalakayin natin ang isyong ito kasama si Sofia Tomacruz, ang rapper reporter who covers the government's response to the pandemic. Hi Sofia, thank you again for joining me today. Hi Judas, thanks for having me. So Sofia, first question ko, kamusta na ang vaccination numbers natin ngayon as a whole country? Can you give us an update? Sige, Judas. Um, tama no yung sinabi mo kanina, it's been almost a year since we started vaccinating against COVID-19. If you recall, um, March 1, 2021, yung start date natin. No? So, I don't wanna drown everybody in the numbers. Dami-daming numbers na, baka litong nito na uh, yung mga tao sa mga numbers. So, I'll just mention a few that really matter. And um, there are three. So, first being that uh, 50, roughly 54% of Filipinos are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. And this is the total population. So 54% of the total population is fully vaccinated. Um, roughly 65% of seniors are fully vaccinated and about 9 million people um, have gotten their booster uh, shots. So yes. that's the lay of the land right now. Yes. I remember when you first talked about the vaccine program I think this was la- that was last year when we're talking about targets. You mentioned this, uh, para mga time period eh, like dapat at this time sixty or certain number ganito, ganito. So my next question would be, itong progress natin ngayon at uh, at least fifty percent. Is this a normal phase or is this at par with what we en- envisioned in the past year? Or things could have been yeah, things could have definitely been faster. No, so if we just go by the government's own targets, um. Kung naalala natin, the officials wanted to reach 70% of the target population by the end of last year. 70% of the target population, so 70% of the 70%. Um, and they missed that. We only achieved that early this year, sometime in January, when 54 million Filipinos were vaccinated. Now, we want 70% of the entire population, so yung buong target population, to be vaccinated by March. But it's it's questionable if that can be achieved at this point. Kasi base sa pace, the vaccination pace natin ngayon, according to tracking by Reuters, they showed that it will take around 61 more days to administer enough doses for another 10% of the population. So uh, going back to what I said a while ago, if we're 54% fully vaccinated right now, it'll still take around two more months to bring that up to 64%, which is around April or, or, or early May. So it's... It's still a big question if we'll be able to reach a 70% by March. So yeah. we could be going a lot faster, yes. Related to that uh, question, then, no, you have this story on the vaccine rollout. I think this was last week or two weeks ago. And you pointed out very concerning facts. Uh, can you tell us about these, particularly yung about the distribution of vaccines? Because as someone who's uh, focused or who's not the vaccine rollout, I will think na from the outside, especially the public, I think na baka problema pa rin yung vaccine. Ayaw mo pa vaccine ng mga tao. Pero ano yung nakikita mo dun sa so far sa data na, na binantayan mo, Sofia, regarding sa distribution ng vaccines? Parang ito yung ba yung major problem natin? Mm-hmm. 
Right, so itong recent story natin sa Rappler, we wanted to analyze yung vaccine program beyond yung um, yung mga figures na biranggit ko kanina, for example, yung uh, 54% fully vaccinated and everything. So, um, precisely to find yun nga, ano ba yung mga issues ngayon, lalo na um, one year in the vaccine, we're one year into the vaccine program. So, really what we found was that if supply was the really big issue last year, where for the most part of the first 10 months, um, a lack of doses held back any possibility of us reaching our targets. In this time around, it's really the lack of access. So um, in the two-part story that we did with public health research firm Epimetrics, we found that, for example, there's this one graph that was very telling. It had three curves. So the first curve was um, the number of people who were confident about getting vaccinated. Mataas yung curve na yun kasi lalang tat, like, tumataas talaga siya over time. And that's something that the government has um, recognized and has um, bannered and boasted in many headlines. And granted, it really has been increasing. And then at this point in time, we already have enough supply for 100% of the population. Pero ang laki pa rin ng gap ng... Um, between the number of people who want to get vaccinated and the people who are actually vaccinated. So that tells us that right now, the biggest problem that we have is access. And you mentioned a while ago, Jadis, um, isang related aspect dun ay yung uneven distribution of doses across the region. So uh, granted, more will get, some will get, um, some regions will get more than others because of the population size and everything. But we see that the uneven distribution is also um, a product of different degrees of cold of the cold storage capacity of these regions. Um, at meron ding um, factor na may decades old problems in the health system that are coming forward again today in this vaccine program, like the lack of health workers, the lack of barangay health stations in um, in especially in provinces and in isolated in rural areas. At, but then there's yung lingering hesitancy in some in some sectors although it's um been going down may mga counting vaccine holdouts pa rin so these are some of the major issues that we found um were still present but the biggest really being uh access and and an an uneven distribution of doses yeah you mentioned na kanina a bit to pero i wanted to ask also paano ba natin determine yung kung anong regions yung makakuha na certain number of doses sino bang may final say dito kasi uh, if you're coming from Manila, you think na ang dami-daming doses sa Manila. Pero iba pala ang sitwasyon, ang realidad sa mga ibang mga rehiyon sa labas ng Manila, labas ng Luzon. Paano ba yung determine kung ilan ang bibigay sa isang region at sino ang may final approval ng sistema nito? Right. Um, so kung naalala mo, Jodes, early on in the vaccine program, I think it was around... Uh, March, uh, around this time last year, before the first doses started arriving, actually, um, di ba may, may prioritization framework? So, yun yung parang A1, A2, A3, A4, A5, health workers first, tas sunod sa kanila yung mga seniors, and so on and so forth. But aside, alongside that prioritization framework by sector, we also had, um, the government also prioritized areas, geo, prioritized distribution of vaccines geographically. So, we saw that um, the richer, more productive regions were the first ones to get uh, doses. They were first in line, while the poorer and less productive re regions had to wait a little longer. So 
this is something that they have said quite explicitly, I would say, kasi sa mga NCR plus 8 plus 10 groupings. Um, uh, isang dahilan kung bakit uh, nakasama yung isang city, key city or, or an area in that grouping was because of their economic impact and contribution to the country. So, um, yeah, that we saw that um, that impacted the way that uh, vaccines were distributed. And because these, well, but you can also argue, of course, that um, these prioritized er- areas were first because they had higher cases, they were densely populated. And so you could argue, of course, that it was necessary na sila dapat yung mauuna. But to a certain degree, um, you could you could also say because of that, the prioritization uh, framework kung saan dapat nauuna yung mga health workers and then the seniors and then the high risk um, also wasn't followed to a certain degree because, um, you know, you could have prioritized all seniors throughout the country. And then you could have prioritized all uh, high-risk uh, individuals throughout the country, but we saw that because there was dyna- there was that dynamic, then um, that wasn't always the case. So, pero isa pang factor sa uh, pagdistribute ng doses is also um, exactly that what we said a while ago about the storage capacity, the cold storage capacity of regions. So. Um, that varied, of course, per region. And on a more local level, kasi diba alam naman din natin na yung local governments talaga yung responsible for the administration, the administration of these shots. And so um, what, what the government did when they, when they partnered with the private sector is that they had this system called Days to Last, where local communities, it's essentially um, a way to measure how fast LGUs were giving out doses. So um, the supply of a community is tied very closely to how efficiently they're able to roll out those doses. So, kung mabilis sila, and then mabilis din ma-replenish yung stocks nila. So, pero yung isang problema dun naman ay, paano naman yung mga areas na kulang yung mga tao or kulang yung mga vaccination centers? Kasi, um, historically, uh, mababa talaga yung investment in health sa mga communities na yun. So, um, the the problem with with that system also is that you know these areas that um, have a hard time rolling out doses are also the areas that have the least room for error because limited not from the get go yung health capacity nila ilan lang yung mga hospital beds let's say pero sila din yung um, most challenged in a way so I think dun din yung tension it's dun din yung tension which is why it's hard to say. Sino ba yung may final say? Kasi sasabihin naman ng national government, eh, kasi mabagal yung LGU na yun eh, or yung community na yun. Pero nahihirapan naman din yung community na yun kasi yun nga, kulang yung tao, kulang yung mga um, vaccination sites. Yeah. So, it's hard to say who has the final say, but those are some of the factors that dictate how uh, doses are distributed throughout the country. Para siyang chicken and egg problem, no? <laughs> kasi nga, siksisihan sila pareho. Pero, Looking back, Sophia, you mentioned para several systems na parang pabago-bago sila, nag-a-adopt sila palagi, di ba? You mentioned several systems uh, pagdating sa distribution of vaccine. Looking back, based on your uh, coverage and also your conversations with experts, do you think they could have done something better sa sistema na to? Para at the beginning pa lang, dapat maayos na sila. Uh, what are experts saying about the systems that they put in place? Parang may, may miss opportunity pa silang ginawa. Mm-mm. Well, I think um, 
first, this is precisely the scenario, first of all, that experts wanted to avoid. Um, kung naalala mo, diba may time na um, nasa news yung issue about the local governments buying their own um, doses. And I think yeah. one question, one valid question that was raised in that was, how about um, poor LGUs that don't necessarily have the extra funds to uh, secure their own vaccine deals? So initially, a lot of health experts were saying na dapat, um, dapat bawal yung ganung setup na yung LGUs also buying everything. But um, and of course, as a side note, eventually we know that it was um, approved, that kind of setup, a tripartite uh, agreement. But they were against that at the outset because they were saying, this is precisely going to see the situation where um, the ability to vaccinate is, ability to the, is tied to the ability of a, of a person to pay, and which, is, which won't be very equitable, right? So we're seeing that play out somewhat, but just in a different way, in the sense na parang, um, because the lesser productive regions were were had to wait longer, we see that it's led to more inequity, really. And that's what they yeah. that's what a lot of experts are pointing out. In poorer regions, communities that had to wait longer for vaccines yeah. were already those that have been historically disadvantaged. Na um, taon taon na lang um, sila pa rin, for example, you poorest region or poorest community. So to quote. Um, Dr. John Wong, an epidemiologist who we worked with for the story, sabi niya, you know, that was like saying that system that you had in place was like saying that you had more value if you were productive. And what does that, I think that leaves us with the question of what does that really say about, you know, yung campaign natin to quote-unquote leave no one behind. Yeah. Um, and how is it any really different from what we were doing when we were calling out richer countries who got first dibs on vaccines, diba? Sinasabi natin na um, medyo unfair yun kasi of course, kayo yung nauuna because you have more money. So, yeah. in, it's the same thing happening sort of just on a more local scale. Very capitalist society, you know, but that's for another longer discussion. Pero, yeah. with all these expert opinions, hindi naman nagukulang sa expert opinions about the system that they put in place in the beginning. Especially during those times na yung yung nakikita yung na nauuna yung mga may kaya mga LCU bakit hindi nakinig yung national government what held them back or are you seeing something that are they seeing something that experts the media uh, observers are not seeing i think first there are gaps on both sides so for example hindi lang ito kasalanan ng national government at the same time hindi lang ito kasalanan ng ng LGUs they both have roles to play in the in the national vaccine campaign because it was really a job that tested every the the competence of every single government agency i would say because yeah. all government agencies are active sila dito pero i think it's worth pointing out also that it's not what we're seeing now isn't really a product of the last two years alone of the pandemic or going into three now pero it really goes back to the neglect that we've that several administrations have had for when it comes to investing in our health system yeah. and that's a job that's not just for the national government but also local officials saying that the um the volume healthcare let's say primary healthcare to the to the lgu 
looking at but if we're looking at the pandemic alone we we should also take note of the fact that we had more than a year to ramp up our storage capacity the cold storage needs ng iba't ibang rehiyon um local uh prop on the provincial level as well so um and we also had enough time to draft plans to get those to areas where we knew there would be a lack of health workers um we knew na kulang yung mga uh, barangay health stations for example and also a way to maybe figure out how to fill in those gaps in um, personnel and in manpower. But at this point in time, we're still struggling. No? So I would say that kulang yung both on both sides, the national government and, and the local governments. Sophia, are we already seeing the impact or the effect of this uh, unequal access to the vaccine? the very unequal distribution of vaccines in the regions. Uh, based siguro sa numbers ng mga COVID-19 cases sa mga regions outside the, the Manila. Kasi in Manila, you'd think na dami ng tao sa labas. Sa Manila, di ba? Lagi ng pag-weekend, dami ng tao sa mga pasyalan. Pero when we look at the news, ang dami pa rin uh, cases na tumataas sa ibang uh, outside Manila. Uh, uh, do you think this is related to the fact na konti pa lang ang uh, konti ang mga vaccine supplies sa mga probinsya? Uh, well, bumababa na yung mga kaso ngayon, di ba? Pero balik tayo sa panahon nung um, um, May surge, nung, nung nagkaroon tayo ng surge, driven by highly contagious Omicron variant. So, um, when you saw that Omicron was spreading quickly throughout the country, um, nakita din natin na yung, yung uneven distribution of the of vaccines across regions and with all of these challenges that we've been talking about the vaccination pace in in most areas were too slow to have prevented what could have been avoidable deaths no were there more vaccines available in these areas and we can see that for example when we look at metro manila the vaccines really got like really cushioned the effect of omicron um on our health system so you're right uh, Sobrang taas yung mga kaso, pero granted that the that Omicron was um, less severe compared to Delta, pero deadly pa rin. It also, the high vaccination rates in Metro Manila made a huge difference when you compare the surge caused by Delta and then the surge that was also fueled by Omicron and how many people needed to go to the hospital. You know, vaccines played a big, big part there. And Epimetrics actually uh, did an analysis of um, hospitalization of um, admissions during the Omicron surge, and they saw that cases in NCR were 60% less likely to be hospitalized compared to non-NCR. With that figure alone, you saw um, the impact of the unequal distribution of vaccines throughout the country. And like I mentioned a while ago, yung impact din sa, so if that was the impact in Metro Manila, the impact naman sa mga ibang uh, provinces and regions that have had that had less vaccines and had a harder time rolling out those shots was that, you know, their hospitals and their health workers were more exposed to yung sharp increase in cases um, during the Omicron surge. So it really leads to in places na mas marami yung mga bakuna. It really just threatens to keep the our goals out of reach. For example, yung 70%, yung 90%. So, Sophia, very dire situation yung napinta mo sa mga data na meron, specifically doon sa story na nilabas niyo last week, two weeks ago. What are you afraid of what may happen basing doon sa data na, sa situation na nakita natin? 
na may unequal access to vaccine na, paano if mag-continue to, to? Ano ito yung kinakatahot mo? Ano yung worst case scenario? I think the worst case scenario is really na mapropolong yung emergency phase ng pandemic. Kasi granted, may mga ibang responses din na pwede natin gawin. For example, yung masking, yung um, good ventilation, making sure that's in place, practicing social physical distancing. Sobrang effective pa rin yung mga vaccines in a way that um, these other health interventions aren't because it really keeps you out of... it. it literally saves lives um and so also helps to lower transmission so you also protect other people by by doing these things so i think the worst here if you could call it that is prolong talaga yung pan- pandemic and like all the other podcasts that we've had no jedes that has an effect not only on people's health pero yung mental health you mean not physical not just physical health pero yung mental health din nila And then of course the fact na um nahirapan pa rin yung mga traba- yung mga tao when it comes to finding to to working um having regular in- you know to have that emergency part phase of the pandemic be prolonged um their impacts it 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 will impact you know all 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 different things from from work to um education I'm sorry Sofia pero I know you mentioned this na at the start of the program, pero can you remind us again, aside from the unequal vaccine access distribution, ano po ba yung nakikita ninyong challenges sa vaccine rollout? Yung pinakamalaki, I think, and this is also what a lot of um, experts have been pointing out, is really the biggest, fine, everything is important. We can <laughs> we can agree with that. Pero yung, yung malaking issue talaga is the, low, the relatively low Uh, vaccination coverage among our seniors because um, we know now that age is just an entirely different um, puts you in an entirely different risk category now it's almost like I, I remember uh, Dr. Salante who's an infectious uh, the Dr. Salante who's an infectious disease specialist at San Lazaro he was saying that age is almost like a comorbidity it it really puts you in an entirely different um, risk profile and We know from looking at our cases and the data that um, DOH has na seniors, those above 60, make up 70% of deaths from COVID, you know, from throughout the whole pandemic so far. And yet we haven't managed to all 10 million or so individuals in this group. And, you know, that will continue to have big consequences on, on how big of a burden COVID is on our health system and also... More importantly, these are millions of um, elderly who we haven't protected and who also need to be protected. When we know also that vaccines are life-saving, it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that I said earlier, among 65% yung, yung covered. So out of 10 million, that's around uh, 6 million or so seniors. So mga 4 million na lolo at lola pa rin na vulnerable to COVID-19. And Um, it really is true that it, it is the most effective way to maximize the impact of vaccines. And we haven't done enough, I think, to raise the vaccination levels among among that group. Because isipin mo sila yung A2, A2 priority group, di ba? Mm. So very early on in the vaccine program, they were already eligible. Yet somehow we've lagged in this area. 
And you can see also um, in different countries just how big of an impact really is to 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 make sure that this group is protected. Because there are countries na kahit tumataas yung mga kaso, minamanage pa rin nila yung, yung increase kasi halos 100% ng mga elderly, ng mga senior citizens nila ay, ay vaccinated. So, yeah. um, I think that's the case in, in Portugal. So, you know, even the slightest differences can have a huge impact. Like, 99% versus 80 is, sorry, it's not that, it's not that small, pero um, 80 to, let's say, 82% malaking impact pa rin yung 2% na yun in, in, in terms of of covering of vaccinating your seniors. So I, I would say that's really some of the challenges that that are still the biggest challenge that's still seen at this point in the rollout. Bakit ang hirap magpabakuna ang mga seniors natin sa Pilipinas? Uh, you mentioned na hindi nag or kulang sa effort yung government sa pag uh, encourage. I'm I'm curious to like meron bang parang mga studies or mga research ang mga experts kung ano yung para main concerns ng mga seniors natin pagdating sa vaccine. Well, in terms of encouraging, I think nawala sila sa focus or it's only now na mabalik sila sa sa focus ng ng national government kasi the for a while the government was very adamant about, you know, expanding it to different opening the vaccination drive to different age groups and Granted, of course, everybody needs a vaccine. Everybody needs to be protected. Pero we saw along the way that when we opened it to, for example, uh, the entire general to the entire adult population, and then later on to senior, uh, sorry, later on to uh, 12 to 17 year olds, and now 5 to 11 year olds, yeah. that number of seniors who are vaccinated it has barely moved. So yeah. um, they were out of the focus for a while, and, and you're asking about. Some of the reasons why it's so hard to vaccinate them. Actually, may a nationwide study, independent study, tani Dr. Wong, who I mentioned a while ago, and really it goes back to access. Um, yes, there are some seniors na medyo hesitant pa rin, pero yung yung um, the biggest hurdle really is still access. Because na I think he found it, some of the findings from that study were that. Uh, the major obstacles for for seniors when it comes to vaccination is masadong mahaba daw yung line sa vaccination yeah. center. That's mm-hmm. one. And then another one being it's too far. The vaccination center is too far, or wala silang kasama yeah. to put the vaccination center. So these are access issues. Um, and the way that the government is trying to address them now, I think, um, is is good. Na may mga house to house vaccination efforts, pero It goes back to the old problems, right? Kulang yung mga tao, uh, can't do it every day kasi there are other things to, 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 to do as well. So, like you mentioned, it's like a chicken and egg situation. Yeah. But we really need to to keep at it. Yeah. Sophia, you mentioned a dami challenges talaga na meron pa rin tayo ngayon. Uh, yung access to vaccine, distribution, then kasama dito yung kakulangan ng mga cold storage facilities, kakulangan ng mga healthcare professionals na tutulong mag-vaccinate mag, uh, ng mga tao kaya hindi magawa yung mga house-to-house na kailangan for the seniors. Parang logistical issues, basically. At this point in time, uh, magawa nyo tayo sa vaccine program natin. Ibang bansa, parang maaabot na target nila sa atayo, slowly, papunta pa tayo sa target natin. Are you still surprised or did you still suspect na lilitaw pa rin yung mga problemang ganito na nakita natin ngayon? Siguro, looking back, the beginning of the, the vaccine rollout, did you expect na one year into this program, 
same issues pa rin, numalabas pa rin siya. We've, I've guessed you a, a million times in this podcast, lagi mo minimension yung mga health, kakunangan na health, kay kakunangan na logistics. Pero ngayon na mag-iisang taon na tayo, andun pa rin yung problema na ito. I mean, what can you say about this? Uh, did you still expect na ganyan mangyayari? Mangyayari? And I'm sure you're frustrated then. Well, to some extent, Yes, because uh, again we go back to let's let's we, we can take a step back for example and, and think about how um big this COVID nineteen vaccination drive was. It was the biggest public health program ever in his in, in our yeah. history. You are not just trying to reach you like mga two million kids every year that we try to do with measles and 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 other vaccines. We're trying to reach you know, virtually the entire, almost the entire population, around 90%, and that's 90% for now, because we know that later on it can go up to, I don't know, over 90%, almost 100%. So it really is the biggest public health program that, you, that you've had to mount, and it's highly complicated, you know, just to appreciate um, what it takes to mount this big vaccination program. You need, like what is like what we mentioned earlier, your cold storage capacity na, uh, depending on the vaccine and then it's also a different there are different ways to administer the shots um, there are different times that you can keep the shots out for um, when it comes to I mean you can there there are different periods of time where uh, you can only keep a shot out for this long until um, it's no longer um, usable or yung dosage ng kids versus adults um, and so and and uh, also different schedules 21 days 28 days 12 weeks so it's i think it's also impossible that everything would be smooth sailing and if we also take a step back and acknowledge na okay 54% is is still you know over half of the population protected pero um yung takeaway ko naman is there's always more to be done just just because of how big this 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 program is there will always be ways to improve and take be it COVID or another disease. We'll keep also facing these problems if we aren't if we aren't serious about fixing the gaps in health system natin, diba? So if we're talking about I don't know, Judas, knock on wood, where we're talking about let's say another disease from from yeah. in the future, years from now. Knock on wood. funded, for example for, for example, yung universal healthcare law. Um, there's still no primary uh, health services that are accessible by all Filipinos. Kulang pa rin yung mga health workers. Mas maganda pa rin yung pay ng health workers um, abroad versus the way they're treated here back home. We'll just be talking about the same problems again and again. So, so yeah, to be expected. But um, really, I think it just drives home the point more that it we really need to to be serious, take a serious look at. Um, you know, fixing these issues once and for all. Yeah. And for my last question, Sophia, napakadaming dapat pang gawin ng gobyerno para ma-address yung mga issues. Pero siguro, let's give them a month. Ano dapat yung tatlo na dapat i-prioritize nila ngayon para ma-address yung mga, na-mention mo mga challenges sa vaccination rollout sa bansa. Siguro, three mm-hmm. lang siguro, ano yung pinaha dapat, kung bukas gawin na nila para maayos na. <laughs> um, well, first of all, um, kailangan talaga cover yung gaps sa access it's really the biggest it's really the biggest um, issue right now access 
Um, and we see naman na may ginagawa sila, for example, the the rolling out um, vaccination through pharmacies, uh, better late than never, I guess, I would say. Because um, that's a whole network you can tap and you have pharmacists who you can tap. So that, that really helps. Me uh, house-to-house campaigns then, which is good because uh, it reaches people. Um we also saw, for example, so aside from 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 those efforts of pharmacies and house to house, um, we also I think the second thing that they should pay that should really is yung again going back to the seniors, four yeah. mga four million seniors na hindi pa bakunado and really at this point hindi to four million and really at this point it will have a huge impact on on our health system and the way uh, COVID nineteen impacts us if we can cover. If we can really cover all of them. Um, a third, I think, really is going back to access. Um, you know, this is something that we raised in our story in our story as well with Epimetrics that we can we can fix some of those gaps in access by having an another national vaccine day. And I think um yeah, right now we're having one, but it's not to the scale of um the first national vaccine day where almost 10 million um if not 10 million um filipinos were were vaccinated and that gave us a big bump in our numbers so um um you know i think that something that we can do to 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 get us to where we need to go and to reach our goals and lastly if i can add because it's <laughs> not the last one i think we really need to find a way to at this point in time help yung mga um, lagging na regions sa vaccination, help them with um, their their vaccination activities. Um, I To be honest, I don't necessarily know exactly how we're going to do that. But then, you know, it's for, for all of us to figure out, right? But we really need to find a way to help um, regions with a lack of personnel and and health infrastructure to vaccinate faster para protectado din yung mga tao doon. And you, these are areas like um, the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region in Mindanao, and um, which, according to Setgalvez, um, mga twenty eight percent lang um, yung vaccination coverage nila. That's so. How can that be the case when almost one hundred fifteen percent na yung Metro Manila, right? And yeah. over a year, almost a year into the vaccine program, um, you also have lagging regions like Mimaropan, Sok Sargent. So. Um, we need to be able to help those regions because, you know, the same way we preach about equitable vaccine coverage around the world, the same needs to happen here yeah. um, for, for, for other regions and for, for the entire country if we're really all going to exit this pandemic. So the government has a really long list of tasks ahead of them, but these are really important if they want to address the issues that we're still seeing a year into this vaccine rollout program to, uh, as we enter the third year of the pandemic. Uh, ayun. So, maraming salamat, Sophia, for joining us tonight. Napakadaming, uh, well, napakadaming natutunan ngayon, lalo na sa mga issues na tingin natin ay surface level, baka ayaw na magpapakuna ng mga tao. Pero eventually, nandun pa rin problema talaga ng mga access uh, and distribution. Dapat, na dapat bantayan din natin. Da, hindi lang dahil taga Manila tayo, it won't affect us. Pero dapat, andun yun yung compassion, yung empathy natin sa other regions. So, yun. Thank you, Sophia, for joining me this afternoon. Ay, 
this evening. And, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And for our viewers, kung gusto nyo sumali sa discussion natin ngayon, pag-usapan ang vaccines issues natin, ang pandemic sa bansa, pwede kayo sumali sa Facebook group na Raptor na sa Facebook. Well, uh, tapangan nito ay Raptor Room. Makita nyo ang link sa comments section. At kung gusto nyo naman na pag-usapan ang pandemia in relation to the election or anything about the election, pwede kayo sumali sa Facebook group na Rappler PH Vote Room. Thank you listeners for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rappler and News Race sa Facebook pati na rin sa Twitter. Kung gusto mo na access to exclusive content and events, pwede ka sumali sa Rappler Plus. Kung meron ka naman gusto na topic that you think we should discuss in our podcast, pwede ka mag-email sa investigative at rappler.com. Again, I am Jodesca Villan, and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. If you enjoyed this podcast, help us continue to do what we do by contributing to Rappler. You can support us by making a donation of any amount through rplr.co slash support Rappler. That's rplr.co slash support Rappler. Or click on the link in the description. Your donation directly supports fearless, independent journalism in the Philippines.